fuck orders popcorn with no butter and a Diet Pepsi? What are you trying to watch? Nick, what we've figure? Got, no. Buddy, we, we've got a full movie to review. No, no. <laughs> you what figure are you trying to fucking watch? You're skinny as is. <laughs> God damn it. Terrorize the world. Hello everyone, I'm Brian. And I'm Nick, and you're listening to the podcast from the Black Lagoon. But before we start this episode today, I have to go over a certain set of rules. Now, these certain set of rules are a must. Or, ugh. There are a certain set of rules. Keep it that in. One must keep it in. <laughs> No, there is a certain (laughs) set of rules that one must abide by in order to survive a horror movie podcast. Number one, you can never have sex whatsoever. (laughs) Second, you can never drink or do drugs. Big no-no. Big (laughs) no-no. It's a sin. Okay, it's 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 an extension of number one, and last, you can never say I'll be right back, cause you won't mm. be right back. You'll never be back. <laughs> Hold on one second, I'll be right back. Me too. <laughs> so, if you get what I'm referencing, if you you already see the title, uh, we're covering Scream One and Scream Two. So let's roll right into the episode. <laughs> so um, I wanna, I just wanna say um, that Scream was probably a big staple in my childhood, growing up, and it definitely left a scar. Uh, I was definitely afraid of public bathrooms, not for the bacterial <laughs> diseases that people leave on rims of toilet seats but more of what's behind a bathroom stall could be a serial killer uh <laughs> so for a movie to, uh, to actually do that it's magnificent it really is because not a lot of movies really give that effect to affect somebody's daily life not granted right. i was a kid but i think that a lot of people watch this when they were young and I see like a lot of people on like YouTube comments from scenes of the movie talk about how horrifying it was to go to a public restroom at all uh, <laughs> growing up. I can honestly agree. I had that phobia. <laughs> I kind of still do. I always like I have this thing about me now where I have to like check underneath a stall, like not peeping Tomish, but. I have a little bit more dignity than that, people. <laughs> but just checking to make sure there's no serial killers out and about trying to stalk yeah. me and ask me what my favorite scary movie is. I didn't watch this when I was younger. I, I watched it probably within the f- last few years for the first time. So I never had that experience where, I mean, I used to be deathly afraid of Jaws. Now it's like passive viewing for me, right? I mean, we all at different times in our lives, movies just hit you differently. You know, that's just how it is. So I, I felt like I was watching this for the first time just because it's been so long. 
and so many of what I thought were memories of Scream were actually memories of Scary Movie. So my brain had to like, was just doing these hiccups of like, wait, okay, so there was a Dewey. Dewey wasn't an invention of Scary Movie to satirize a, sat- a satirical film. He was satirizing an existing character who was satirizing Save the Day Cops and other horror movies. So there were all these mental hoops I kind of had to get over. Um, I I feel like I've said this before in our other movie reviews. I'm not like a slasher movie fan. Normally, it always feels like I'm just like going through the motions. Like there's a formula laid out and you can just kind of tell from the way the film's going, who's going to live, who's going to die. And it just feels like if all you have is how inventive you're killing people, to me, there isn't much of a heart and, and soul to the movie which is why classic slasher films are classic because there's something essential and interesting about them. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a character to them. And that's why the sequels of those same movies normally aren't good because they lose that character, even though they have all the same um, happenings and the same technically uh, villains. Something is missing. It's overlooked. And the third Halloween film, or like, I don't know, like the the 14th, you know, uh, Halloween film is going to be... A nightmare just because you just gradually drain everything that's good about the film. I didn't really have that feeling with Scream. There there was, I think what, what helped make this feel like a fresh slasher to me is that it's satirizing the things that I would be annoyed out of my mind about with other films that we might watch on this podcast. There were, mm-hmm. there's some fourth wall breaking and just like some moments of horror movies exist in this world. And characters watch those horror films. And that's actually bizarrely new. <laughs> like, for some reason in horror movie universes, horror movies, like, don't exist. And there's this weird human nature where people, like, run up the stairs rather than go out the front door. That's one thing they talk about in the film. And they really play with that here. And it's a neat way of messing with your expectations and shaking up what you think horror movie logic is. Um, all while creating a movie that's surprisingly dramatic and pretty like really well stitched together um right i mean one of the more prominent things that popped out at me is that the characters were really interesting i mean many of them were purposely being stereotypical but the actors and just the presentations of everything and how they their dynamics were engaging it wasn't like me trying to sit through like a later uh um slasher film or, or uh, Friday the 13th, we, we had our series on that where we were getting kind of far into the series. And at one point, the cast of characters just felt so dry to me. I didn't get that here. It felt more lively. It felt like there was a horror movie logic here that was like really unique. Right. And I didn't fall into the like, oh God, all right, they're going to die. Oh, they're going to go into that room. Oh, they're getting isolated from the crowd. Goodbye. It had more to it. Um, that's kind of like my overall... Uh, feelings of it i know this is a favorite of yours am i right to say Most that definitely i yeah i would i would definitely say that this is one of my favorite uh films especially growing up uh i'd probably have to say that my favorite scenes in this film would be the beginning section and and the 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 final the final act the so the first act mm. and the last act both are just Oh, magnifique and he uh Wes Craven does a does an amazing job uh pulling off a what what uh we love to call a Alfred Hitchcock or just Hitchcock 
by killing off the what you would assume to be the uh, main character and the crazy uh, way to start a movie because you think oh uh, this is going to be the main character because you see you, you see Drew Barrymore in all these promotional pieces in the poster and you're thinking she's going to be the main character and she's going to survive and, and all this. And nope, killed off in the first act and it shocks everybody <laughs> who's ever seen this film for the first time. Spoiler alert. So yeah, the, the first act, the last act, amazing pieces that I will carry with me for the rest of my life, especially the last act. I just love the back and forth between Stu and uh, Billy, uh, Billy Loomis, which is a, which I love the subtle references to other horror movies. Billy Loomis, like uh, Dr. Loomis in Halloween and, uh, or, or the Loomis character in Psycho, which some people say are the same character, which I could kind of understand I kind of put that together, but hmm. uh, this movie gives me like I I jump from time to time even rewatching it because there are some uh, jump scare scenes I guess you would say yeah and jump scares aren't really scary they just send a jolt through the body but honestly they they work in in some matter or form. And uh, I get a lot of comedic tones in this film, and it makes me just die laughing. I love uh, two two things that will always make me laugh in this film are, uh, don't hit me with the phone, dick! Or was it, I think it was, um, oh, you yeah. hit me with the phone, <laughs> dick. So, you hit me with the phone, dick! And... Um, <laughs> Did you really call the police? My mom and dad are gonna yeah. be so mad at me. <laughs> I I love Matthew Lillard. Um, he was also Shaggy in the Scooby Doo movies. If you put yeah. two two and two together, yeah. And he was in LCLC Punk. He kn- a few other movies. Yada yada yada. I just I like the actor. Does a really good job. And yeah, he nailed it. I I like. You're mentioning the the humor in the movie. They they really strike like a what I assume was a really complicated tone between being funny and being really dramatic. So like part of what makes this movie not just a anonymous, you know, villain just killing people in their homes and then like with just with a knife. It's not like a, a super like crazy inventive film. In, in as far as like killing people goes, that there were some really good scenes in it, but. What, what adds so much character and infuses something important in it is just the idea that, like, beyond the satirical bits, it's a heavily dramatic film that's really rooted in, like, our world, closer than other horror movies have tried to do that. Yeah, it's more of, like, a mystery and a thriller than, like, a straight horror film. Because, um, like, the, if you look at what drives the plot, it, it feels a lot less like horror elements and more like unraveling a mystery which I liked. It, it made the film incredibly watchable. And, um, I mean, it, it, the plot gets really branching and, and challenging near the end of it. And 
crazy just deft camera work and, and screenplay writing clearly made it come off like perfectly it's a really complicated film and a complicated story that they made look really easy and i love that i think it's great um especially when we kind of unmask the the the, the culprits and they do have these like exchanges and you you really get a sense for how unique the the atmosphere in this movie was and the type of scenes and writing they could pull off without you questioning it where some of the lines in in this movie if they were in hereditary right which we watched recently it would feel entirely out of place that's a film that's so dark and dreary and helplessly traumatic that some of these comedy lines would feel out of left field in this film they pull off a whole range of emotion from just silly scenes to dark friends dying and people not knowing what to do with themselves. And that that's unique that I really, that's part of like the scream brand. When we talk about the second film, the reason that works for me is because they find a way to revive that in a new way. That isn't just like retrotting the same ground. Uh, so fun little tidbit that I would like to share with you. And I'm pretty sure you don't, you don't know this. Um, and I'm pretty sure you don't know who this is, but the voice of Ghostface is Roger L. Jackson. Do you know? Do you know this person? No idea. I he, do not. So he, nope. he does the voice for Mojo Jojo and the Powerpuff Girls. That is like one notable uh, show that I can honestly give you. But when I found out, I used to watch the Powerpuff Girls when I was a kid. Obviously, because let's let's be honest, a lot of little boys were watching Powerpuff Girls because it was fucking kick ass. Super, who doesn't want to be a superhero, even if it's a female? Who who like <laughs> you can idolize that. It doesn't matter what gender it is. Um, but uh, yeah, he was the voice of Mojo Jojo, and I lost my fucking mind when I found that out. And I never looked at Mojo <laughs> Jojo the same way ever again. Uh, <laughs> And um, the acoustic rendition of Don't Fear the Reaper, come on. I love that. I love it so much. I listen to it from time to time. Uh, it just brings back memories of, <laughs> you know, I would never dream of breaking your underwear uh, rule. <laughs> I just, I love the dialogue in this film, especially uh, Billy Loomis as a character. He just delivers, like, it's it's cheesy, yeah. but it's it's good. Like, he has this charisma to him um, that a serial killer would give off. He's the pretty boy, but what are you going to do? Um, I actually want to go over some things that I actually didn't like about this film. Shocker, right? Like, su- surprising, because I, I, I love this film to death. But there are a few problems. Nothing, no piece of art is flawless. There's always a flaw. And I would like to say, I would like to talk about some of these flaws. Uh, Flaw number one. Um, So my least favorite thing or things in this film would probably be uh, the principal expelling the kids. Now, I only say that because there are some editing choices that really bug me like the sound effects that the scissors sort of 
like giving that like um stock cutting sound effect that just ruins it for me i'd rather it just be sort of quiet <laughs> instead of the cartoonish just yeah ridiculousness that the scissors are giving like i've never heard scissors make that sound before <laughs> never uh <laughs> so it just ruins that scene for me and um okay an- another another thing uh the bathroom scene where ghostface attacks sydney that whole entire thing makes no fucking sense whatsoever like i would imagine if somebody was trying to attack me in a public bathroom the first thing i would do is obviously leave the bathroom and then get help immediately go to the nearest teacher's room with a teacher in it bring the teacher and you know go immediately to the bathroom killer gets caught done yeah do you feel like part of that is them satirizing dumb choices in horror films or do you think that was actually just some weak writing honestly i can't say i could i could see i could see it being a, a satire uh way of filming a scene but at the same time i just don't agree with it like there there are better there are better ways yeah to to do to do certain things oh yeah like the staircase scene i I referenced earlier where um the girl literally says go out the front door don't Mm -hmm. go upstairs and then she's chased and she goes right upstairs when she realizes her little the lock is still on the front door like that that's a more scream-esque way of handling that type of satire where they throw it in your face that's a dumb move why would you do that which is what we are apparently thinking and then they go and do it yeah right so if, if you look at this as like well maybe that was intentional then everything is excusable because the whole film's satirical so any you can any, use that you know criticism you have the film you can just wean off onto satire you can use that kind excuse of for everything literally everything yeah <laughs> Yeah, I that's just true. did it because. <laughs> why did you take a shit on the floor? Because, man, satire. Satire. That's, that's why. <laughs> uh, so, I, this film felt so like in its own in its own place that I didn't have any issue with it. Like, I, I don't consider it like this perfect film that's going to top my list. I like it, and I, I I appreciate what it was and what originality it brought to the genre. But it felt so like it realized itself mm-hmm. so well that nothing sticks out as me you know having much of an issue with it i actually i don't know how many people are going to kill me after i say this i found scream 2 far more entertaining than the first one oh like far more entertaining than the first one the first one was Hold off on that. Slow your fuck. Slow your fucking roll there, buddy. Uh, I still have (laughs) a few more things that I would like to discuss about um, my my, like my problems with this film. So Ghostface following Sydney and Tatum, uh, like behind bushes and stuff, and also around the grocery store. That that makes no sense whatsoever. It, it really it really doesn't make any sense why would ghostface why would billy loomis or uh i think it's loom it's billy loomis uh following them around because i'm pretty sure uh 
around that around that time, Stu was getting ready for the party and stuff. So he was at his home. So yeah, Billy Loomis would be following mm-hmm. him around. I that's another thing that I like about these films is when you're rewatching it, you kind of like try to put which killer is like who is who like at, at what point in time yeah. you could see that the filmmakers were they would set up moments where it would perfectly show Ghostface pan over and then you'd see an a, a additional character and you could tell they were really working with the whodunit mentality of the viewer and they really wanted to say like oop cross this one off your list you saw him five seconds ago so it can't be that guy and they did that with a bunch of characters to like rifle off right all of these, I can see you'd be crossing everyone off your list and to keep your expectations entirely open. They do that in the second I, one, too. I just... It, it, it's a very self-aware movie. And Oh, another thing that I had an issue with, uh, like, towards the final act, when Randy is sitting there watching Halloween and Ghostface is behind him and Sydney is running off, screaming for help, and then Ghostface hears Sydney screaming for help and then runs out the house... Wouldn't Randy, like, hear that? Randy didn't hear anything. He was just sitting there enamored watching the movie, watching J.D. Yeah. Curtis. I I had a similar notion during that scene, yeah. too. But what really does it for me is definitely the, the, the last, um, the whole encounter, the confrontation between Stu, Sydney, and, and Billy, and just this big final stand and it's it's really satisfying at the end and just ridiculous and the the jump scare at the end sort of uh paying homage to to, to (laughs) slasher films uh it's ridiculous but Mm -hmm. you can kind of understand what they were doing it's a satire film on horror movies while being a horror movie it's just so brilliant and uh, Wes Craven had already yeah, done that yeah. concept before with uh, Wes, Wes Craven's new Nightmare for the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, uh, the, the last film. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, I've really enjoyed this film a lot. Like the first one is a classic to me and it's probably one of my favorites out of the series as a whole. Yeah. Any anything else that you would Do, like to like to add? I don't. I have with with movies like this, I I get more general feelings about them, and then the gran, like the granularity of it never feels important to me. Like I don't feel like I have anything useful to say about like the tiny yeah. scene to scene actions. I don't uh, know. What I I think the most interesting thing for me about these movies is that we watched one after the other and there's a lot of comparing stuff that seems significant to me are you ready to move into scream 2 because i i have a little bit to say about those all right so yeah (laughs) next segment because it's a scream baby get ready (laughs) i thought you were hyping me up for another creative intro but you didn't you just forced it right back onto me (laughs) okay um so I I know so little about the Scream movies right. that I really went in this like completely blank. So Which I had no about. idea that yeah, Scream 2 is a widely loved movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't know until after it was over that there's a community that 
really considers this one of the stronger films in the in the series. That kind of blew me away. I mean, I, I know that's not unique to like that's not unique to films, but right. I was surprised by that because I, I really thought this is another franchise that just died after the first one, and I never gave this one a shot before. But man, they this is like a masterclass in how to pull off a sequel. Because what they don't do is just redo what worked the first time. Because if, you, if you're if you satirizing horror films, then you really run risk of becoming what you're satirizing by doing it a second time and trying to make another film that was already made. So they do this wonderful thing where they kind of say, okay, the first one worked because we were in your world making this movie. In the second one, we need to connect with you even more. Now Scream basically exists in that universe, and it's called Stab. And people react to Stab plus the events actually happening in the first movie. And it seems like a subtle thing, but it entirely changes the feeling of the movie. And we get another brilliant introduction of just following a character who ends up being really, you know, just murdered in such a wonderful way in a packed theater with everybody dressed like Ghostface. Which, 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 by the way, is Will Smith's wife, I have to add. No way. Really? Yeah, it's it's Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah. That's great. That's very cool. Um, I just, I thought, like, it, it seems like a tiny thing, but there's a special amount of care that went into adding that detail. And you feel it throughout the whole movie, where they're really trying to work out a movie logic to make it grounded and real and really connect with you differently, and then do their crazy satire, murder mystery plot line on top of that. And it just gives it a little bit of a punch that a normal slasher wouldn't have and it doesn't make it feel like a trite oh we're doing this again you're going to try to be witty again and tell us what horror movies do that isn't cool but now they're just they're just, it's such a graceful move for the second movie and i didn't expect to like it and i was watching it and it was just the the cast i wouldn't say is like as iconic as the first one felt but the returning characters and and some of the new faces i just yeah. it felt like a polished solid movie and maybe i liked it a bit more because i'd never seen it before and i was so taken aback by it but it just this one grabbed me a little bit differently than the first one did i like both of them they're neither of these are my favorite movies of all time or anything but they were both they're both solid films but there's something about this one that just felt like it it had some momentum the whole time and it kind of kept me watching um yeah, I think that's pretty much that. That's like the biggest thing I have. There are one of my favorite ongoing gags in this film is just once they kill the bad guy, they just unceremoniously fire another shot off in his head while he's just laying there dead on the ground or pops up. I love that gimmick. I don't know why. I'm not like a slapstick humor guy, and that's effectively what that is. I don't know why that is so funny to me. Uh, Maybe part of it's just relief because it's like, thank God you're finally doing it. Because that I always right? like, especially in Halloween, the end of Halloween, it's like, why? What's the harm? You've got bullets in the chamber. <laughs> Fire one more off, and you can just walk away and feel safe. And they never do. So it might just be like cathartic, like just this relief that I'm getting, <laughs> watching that they're covering their bases. Yeah. Um. So you looked at me like I just committed some type of like sacrilege when I said that I like this one more. You clearly have a, a charged opinion on this. Let's let's hear it. All right, so, God, not, like, don't get me wrong, I like this film, I do enjoy it, but the first one is my favorite, out of, out of all of them, 
there's just there's so there's like so many problems that i have with this film like the way that the audience is acting in the theater that like i don't know if that's like intentional like oh look this is like an overdramatic uh portrayal of what film like horror movie uh viewers are are like like perceived to be and oh did you feel offended i feel very offended like i i get <laughs> like i get hyped when i'm at my home when i'm just sitting home alone nobody around i can just sit back kick back relax and hype myself up like fuck yeah oh she's yeah. getting gutted yeah yeah this is awesome i'm getting so pumped and no but at at a at a movie i don't find that i've never seen somebody act like an animal like that at a movie like now granted i've had plenty plenty of assholes that i've had to deal with i remember watching star wars this is completely off topic but i remember watching (laughs) episode three revenge of the sith it was either that or attack of the clones i can't remember but i remember sitting there and this little kid behind me was a little bit older granted i'm still a kid but this kid kept kicking you were of comparable age right this wasn't he was a little bit small. He was smaller than me. Okay. Like, if we could compare, I was older than him. And he kept kicking my right. fucking chair. And I wanted nothing more to just crawl over my chair and strangle the little shit. God. Am I, like, I'm giving off psychotic That's symptoms it? right That's... now. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the end? <laughs> um, I was expecting something more than your your dark desire <laughs> no no i just wanted to strangle him kept kicking my seat and i told <laughs> him to stop and he wouldn't stop anyways uh so going back to scream 2 don't know anybody that would act like like that throwing popcorn everywhere just screaming especially about something that literally happened to like imagine we get another high profile horrendous serial killer and within a month they make a movie that glorifies all of it and then that theaters get packed and people cheer and dress up like him right it's yikes that's yikes fucked. <laughs> it's so wow fucked. i mean th- this movie they do that like suspension of belief they set up their horror movie logic they align it with our world logic and then they suspend belief and then you get your murder mystery i would really love that to i can hear, buy into that i would really love to hear other people's opinions about this scene because it just bothers the shit out of me i would really <laughs> love to see uh, like other people's points of view because i like i like listening to what other people have to say their different opinions oh i like this scene because it yada 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 and it just really like opens up another another view and I can kind of like yeah. understand and relate to that. Uh, Maureen, the 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 opening girl or whatever, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith playing as Maureen. Um, can't stand the character. Annoyed the shit out of me the whole time that she was talking. I'm sorry, Jada. Uh, I just I can't I can't I can't deal with with, with that bullshit. Just. 
stop <laughs> and i was so happy that she died and i could only like it it kind of sent me back to like scary movie where everybody's kicking the shit out of her they're beating the like shut the fuck up and just beating the shit out of her it was hilarious like going back in time and reliving that experience i don't know i would imagine people nowadays if if they saw somebody walk up in front of the screen all i would imagine is somebody saying just just get the fuck off the stage what are you doing yeah like no everybody just was like why oh my god (laughs) oh my god and then she gives off this annoying scream that like once she man you did not like this intro (laughs) finally fucking keeled over she dies and i'm like oh thank god we can start the fucking movie and another thing her boyfriend uh decides oh i'm gonna i'm gonna go and i'm gonna like go into the bathroom stall and just take a whiz and oh i hear whispering and a lot of people uh, a lot of people in the comments say oh it's it's billy's mother talking no it's mickey no it's 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 billy's mother um i think it's mickey stabbing a knife through a bathroom stall which i don't know how that's possible and i don't know how they planned for the person that they were going after to be in the bathroom stall and for them to perfectly get a fucking knife through the other side of the stall that he was conveniently at and decided to um like place his head you've got some feelings about this intro man <laughs> oh my god it's just like it's so See, annoying none of this like but <clears throat> the unreality of all of it didn't matter to me because it felt a lot like the first one in that it's kind of you're buying into this other world but this one seems to have really uniquely annoyed you <laughs> not as iconic as the first film like the the first yeah. film was so iconic i like i enjoyed it second film i knew these characters were going to get killed off i knew for a goddamn fact that we weren't going to be seeing them again yeah. thank god if maureen was a main character in this film i would have shot myself <laughs> a long time ago but if you if you have headphones or if you have a good enough tv if you have the tv like volume all the way up you can make out what they're saying and uh like you can hear the the killer say uh like mention billy and uh whisper psychotic dribble and stuff it's pretty cool um that's probably the only thing that i like about the intro of this film uh that and her getting stabbed who who the fuck orders popcorn with no butter and a diet pepsi what are you trying to watch? Nick, what we've got, figure? No, buddy, we we've got a full movie to review. No, no. <laughs> you what figure are you trying to fucking watch? You're skinny as is. <laughs> God damn it! And Diet Pepsi is no better than regular Pepsi. It's worse for you. Okay, let's yeah, get on with true. that with, with the yeah. episode, please. <laughs> please stop me. <laughs> <laughs> really, this is this for me is Scream 1 in college with different character dynamics and a slight 
overarching narrative from the first movie. Oh my god. Which is the reporter's character who has evolved and has new motives and Oh my god, Brian, I just so it, it, I think you I think you pinpointed why I don't really like this movie. Oh yeah? Why is that? It's a college film. It's Oh, maybe. Maybe I can't <laughs> I can't stand college films. Oh, we're gonna do a college party and we're gonna get drunk and have sex and this is the continue please for the love of god aren't slasher films your favorite genre isn't that like the definitive college genre (laughs) yes but (sighs) when it takes place in college i don't know oh like on campus i don't know this this one kind of peeves like this one has just continue continue talking while i try to gather my thoughts on why i don't like this okay so this feels like it has this overarching narrative with that reporter who has she's kind of evolved as a character and so is the protagonist to some extent it just felt like the first screen but on a bit of a bigger scale but also a more confined um setting Mm -hmm. We're, we're kind of stuck on campus and Something about the simplicity of all of it just made it more enjoyable. And just, it flowed really well. And I already liked the setup. I already liked this idea that they're adding in this new, the the the, the stab move, this the pseudo scream in that universe. And people were having conversations about if movies start cause violence, if violence causes, um, creates these movies, or if people who happen to be violent just watch the movies. They were playing on all of these like pop controversies and, it just felt like a fine vessel for another Scream movie. Like, I didn't have any issue with any of it. I thought they pulled it off. And then I, not only that, I thought they pulled it off and had some genuinely humorous moments, surprising moments, and a pretty, some good, tight storytelling. So, again, none of these movies are my favorite. But as far as, like, execution goes, I just thought this was fluid in a way that I did not expect. And I just really, like, I didn't expect these films to have great storytelling and camera work but man they this stuff isn't easy and and they really pulled off some cool ideas and brought them to the table and executed them in a way that worked and i'm so used to watching these older slasher films and seeing ideas that were raw and put into the script and acted out but the execution just plummeted (laughs) and you just see this idea it's like oh that could have been so good and it just didn't work i never had that in this film even when there are these little spurts of unreality throughout the movie, I don't care that much because I kind of know what I'm in for, right? And mm-hmm. it's just, this is fine. This is totally fine. Um, if we, I don't know how they could try to do this again with three or four. We will find out in the next episode. But this felt like a perfectly reasonable film and no one would have to like defend why it was made. I feel like you can watch it and go, oh, yeah, okay, there was room for one more. And maybe there's room for another one. I don't even know where the third and fourth ones stand in the, in the fans' minds. But one and two work for me, and that's kind of how I'm bookending this, my, my side of the review. Both work, both have a place, both filled some unique spot in the Scream world for me um, without really any overlap. I just thought they're very well made. Okay. So, hold on, you, you tore the intro into pieces. What are your general feelings on Scream 2? Did you like it? Don't get me wrong. I did like this film. <laughs> and going... I, I got you wrong. <laughs> I, 
you know me. I love Randy. I I kind of relate to Randy, and I love like I love the scenes that have Randy in them. But at the same time, he just feels like a background character. I don't like the way that they treated Randy in this film whatsoever. Uh, I just love how Dewey keeps getting stabbed over and over again and still manages to survive at, at the end. Even though you think he dies, he just doesn't. Um, it's hilarious as fuck. <laughs> by, 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 by the end of 4, he's just in a wheelchair and um, spoiler alert. Um, no. <laughs> Is he really? He, he, he was just... That would have been wonderful. <laughs> if they did a running gag He's just he a paraplegic. Apart, that would have been incredible. A paraplegic on the case. I would have loved that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just felt like there were... This one just felt a little bit more weak to me compared to the first one. I do like bits and pieces of it. I just I feel like it falls flat for me because they killed off Randy, and I don't know if I can honestly justify that as an answer, because you gotta kill off characters, you gotta gotta raise some emotions, you gotta make sure that the stakes are high for the audience. Honestly, it did give me a reaction, got a rise out of me, and it made me sad. I and I every time I see that scene, it just makes it makes my heart leap out of my chest. I like I always play movies when I when I rewatch them. I always play like a different scenario in my head. Like oh, but he survives this time and he's still alive. And nope. Um, but yeah, it just got Randy gone too soon. I love that nerd. I don't know. I like the whole back and forth between Dewey and and. Uh, and Sydney and Dewey and uh, Gale, Jesus Christ! I'm like really trying to think hard about these characters' names. I've watched this, these movies over and over again. I I can't forget their names, obviously, but I have a horrible memory, so don't mind me. Um, on a random tangent, I do I do like I, I like it when Billy's mom ends up killing off Mickey because like oh she she was just using him the whole time. And it just really shows uh, what a mother would do to get revenge for her son, even though she fucking left him. Honestly, if you abandon your child and you don't make contact with them on a regular basis, then what the fuck is the point? Um, ooh, that kind of hit hard for me. I, I don't feel like you like this one. <laughs> I do! Believe me, I do! I like this film. I just... There, there's just so many issues that like it's overriding the positives for me i do yeah i get that i know i've got movies like that um i really do enjoy this film though and i i watch it believe me there, there there's a lot worse films out there at least and I, I i need some foreshadowing before we continue this series are there other scream movies that you might like more than scream 2 Yes. Wow. All right. That's actually kind of exciting. Okay. And cool. uh, they announced that they're doing Scream 5, which I'm yeah. so excited about. I'm, I'm really fucking excited. Also, note, I just, re just remembered, in the background 
even though this isn't really necessarily canon, he was just playing a part, like a background character. Uh, Matthew Lillard, who played Stu, is actually in the background of this film. So people are like, mm. Stu is still alive and, and stuff like that, even though he took a TV to the face. But <laughs> like when when they're at the party and stuff and Sydney is talking to her friend and they, they go outside, if you look like sort of at the left hand corner, you'll see a blonde figure. Uh, that's that's Matthew Lillard uh, with bleach blonde hair and a goatee. Um, oh, okay. Like it's really hmm. hard uh, to catch, but he's there, <laughs> and uh, people are still saying that Stu is still alive, and he was supposed to come back in three. There was original script where he was supposed to come back, and there was supposed to be like a whole like cult. He was supposed to be behind the whole thing, but he might come back for the fifth the fifth film. He might. I think there. I think he's saying that he wants to come back or something like that. But if he does, oh my god, oh, I would be so happy. I'd be so stoked. Like even though it doesn't make sense, he took a fucking TV to the face, a really heavy TV, mind you, and fried. He could survive it. I'd I'd say he's still alive. Got a little bit of scars going on, but doing a-okay he's been stalking sydney for all this time and finally it's his time to pounce oh i can't wait hopefully they do it like this but they do something (laughs) even better surprise me i don't but i much rather Stu come back Stu for scream five everybody i know that uh this actually does it actually does take place after uh scream four so Yes, excited. Yee. All right, man. Cool. Uh, so I guess that's that's all, really. Believe me, I do like Scream Two, yeah. regardless of my negative <laughs> connotations about about the film. I really do like it over a certain film. Stay tuned for our next uh, double feature episode of Scream Three and Four. Excited. Yeah, I'm excited to see which one you liked more. I can't wait. To- Thank you for listening, guys. We, um, I mean, I, Nick, you're slowly introducing me to classic slasher films that I've kind of neglected. So I, I, I always like picking your brain about these because you, you, you love them. You're passionate oh, about them. So passionate. It, it's cool to see it through that lens. Uh, I'm glad I finally got you to watch these films. It was a, it was a chore, damn it. I tell you. Yeah. I tell you, everybody. It was a chore. <laughs> I had to like drag him out of his room and everything. No, we live far away from each other. Um, like I crawled through his fucking uh, screen like Samara from The Ring. And I was like seven days and shit. And... We even done The Ring. Should we do... <laughs> The classic, like the original Ring film? I guess if you want to, but uh, I definitely think that the next episode should definitely be Scream 3 and 4 because I really want to get this it will get be. this series done with um, oh, sometime yeah. in the okay. future. <laughs> I think we need to recreate a list yeah. and um, and then just go down from that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's so, a good yeah. idea. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the podcast from the Black Lagoon. 
this was a fun episode to make. I'm so stoked to get this finished and released and yada, yada, yada. Um, any any <laughs> other words that you want to speak upon these films? If, if uh, not, then forever hold your peace. So I like them in terms of a mystery thriller with violent undertones fun interesting comedic satirical and good i wish i watched these earlier in my life so i could have like a intense response to them like i watched invasion of the body snatchers when i was really young mm -hmm. and it like scarred me and i watched it again recently and dominic i just laughed at it <laughs> so like i wish i could look back and be like man what a vivid dark experience i had watching this movie but instead i watched it a little bit too late and I, I don't think i i was robbed of that experience of being like oh wow this is like an inviting yeah, me into the horror world of, and kind of a know. shame that said even without that i i mean you heard me i found a lot to appreciate in this normally i just bash movies for an hour and then we call it a day but there was a lot to like about this and i was surprisingly just impressed with the storytelling and everything so yeah i, I i'm excited to watch three and four and I'm really excited to see what they do with five because only, only time just, will tell. I don't know how you can keep pulling this type of plot off. So we'll see. We'll see. Oh, forgot to completely mention the scream MTV series. We're never doing that. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I saw the first episode to the, the second season. I don't know. What are the most recent season was that Dominique was watching it. Some of the writing, oh I man. think the second season complete, is a complete <laughs> reboot to the first season. Like, they completely disregard okay. wow. everything after the first season and just go on with a different cast. And the the very last okay. episode, I didn't even watch it. I, I just saw the very last episode, and it's just ridiculous about who the killer is. It's the goth girl in this. Too obvious. <laughs> Stop it. Billy, yeah. Billy and <laughs> Stu were a lot more creative than that to have their legacy tarnished by fucking teeny boppers. God damn it! Fuck you. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. <laughs> um, yeah. Other than that, all right, man. One more down. Yeah, Bob, we all. Thanks for listening to us ramble on for for a long time about yeah, these movies. We all go a little <laughs> mad sometimes. <laughs>